BeastNet is brought to you by James Safety Services and in partnership with Beast OCR. Here we discuss all things OCR and fitness related, running, endurance, conditioning, rucking, and more. Welcome to BeastNet. Hey, everybody out there in BeastNet land, this is Hammer. And on this episode of BeastNet, we are talking with Lindsay Smith. Hey, Lindsay, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How you doing? Uh, doing doing fantastic. Uh, just uh, woke up not too long ago, um, picked up my daughter from daycare, and uh, now I'm doing this. And then after that, I'll go to work. <laughs> that 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 West Coast. I just put my kids to bed. So. Oh wow! Well, that's yeah, that's awesome. See, because as soon as my kid goes to bed, normally when I'm off, as soon as she goes to bed, I'm in bed too. Ah, uh, yes. I'll, I'll be there before too long. <laughs> um, awesome. So, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself um, to give the listeners an idea of, of who you are. Okay. Well, um, I am, first and foremost, before anything obstacle course related, uh, I'm actually a high school teacher. Uh, I teach a college preparatory class, and I'm the varsity speech and debate coach at a high school okay. on the east side of Houston. And I've been doing that for 11 years. And uh, and I started racing when I was in 2012. And my very first OCR was the Spartan Sprint in Austin in 2013. And I think I pretty much ran every OCR in Texas in 2013 after that one. <laughs> and pretty sure, like I like that one little tiny sip of the Kool Aid was enough to to get me into all the rest of it. And, uh, but I mean, I had been like running a lot of road races, a lot of half marathons and 5Ks before that. And so that was my first toe dip into the, into the mud. And yeah. And then like I just raced, raced, raced as hard as I could uh, for the next several years until I had my son and, uh, actually raced with him when I was like 16 weeks pregnant at the Dallas, uh, stadium sprint. Oh, wow. And that, oh, and wow. that was it until January, until January of this year. Yeah. Um, and I'm just all around. I do a lot of stuff. I, I work out at the CrossFit gym. I'm a trainer at a gym in downtown Houston. Uh, that's actually a Tough Mudder brand. Uh, it's called Tough Mudder Bootcamp. Okay. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on the go pretty much 24 seven. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah sounds, sounds very busy. It's, um, <laughs> It's yeah, that's that's definitely quite a quite a handful there. Um, yeah, and I, I get what you say about like the um, you know you did the the one um, the one race, and then after that you did pretty much every OCR event or or anything like that in in Texas, and it was like they they're definitely very contagious. Um, yes. You know, um, yeah, you know, it's I, I just talked with uh, uh, Johnny Redmond yesterday. And um, we had kind of talked about the, um, I guess, the overall, I guess, physiological and psychological um, reward that you get, you know, when you do these things. Because, you know, you start out doing it, even if it's like not your first time, there's there's going to be times where, you know, you have, you know, rough patches in your race and you have that little thought in the back of your mind, why do I do this? And then I kind of made the joke that I start out, you know, being i feel like you know at the beginning of the race you know i am my own age 34 um by the you know by the end of a long race um i usually feel like i'm like 80 
And then after I cross the finish line, I feel like I'm a teenager again. So, um, but yeah, you know, and it's, it's that, I think that feeling, um, is one of the, the big reasons why this is so much fun and it, it really is a big thing to do. And, um, so, that's so funny. I'm the exact opposite. Like I start a race feeling like I'm about a hundred years old and I'm never going to be able, <laughs> like, I'm not, like, I'm a hundred year old asthmatic patient and like, I can't mm-hmm. breathe and I can't move. And by the time I'm done, like I'm feeling like I'm on fire. And so yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I'm like the exact opposite. Well, you know, and, and, you know, I, I assume that everybody, you know, wouldn't have my, my same perspective. Um, but it's, you know, and that's, and that's, you know, like I know quite a few people that are like that too, that, um, you know, they, they're like, Oh, I feel so old. And then after they get out and do something like, man, this, this is awesome. This is so much fun. And then like, they're starting to lighten up a bit, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's, it's actually really, really cool. Um, so going through a lot of these, um, you know, a lot of these races and stuff, do you have like a specific obstacle that's like your favorite, like one that you, you know, that, you know, this is my favorite obstacle. I'm going to crush this thing, you know, um, and you look forward to, um, to doing. Oh man. Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, really anything. And, it, and it's funny that I do now and I'll, and I'll explain that when I'm done. My, my number one thing I love to see is anything that involves monkey bars or anything that involves rings. Like, with the exception of um, what was it, the the triangle one at Noram, Valkyrie, um, Valkyrie at the North American OCR Championships uh, destroyed me every single time. <laughs> but uh, anything that involves like rings or monkey bars, I just I get giddy about. Like I know I'm gonna fly across it. It doesn't matter if they're wet. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Um, but yeah. that's definitely not on this business case. Like not even, and I love the rope climb. Uh, I, anything that involves rope, I, I love. But which is funny because up until maybe June of this year, uh, I never ever completed a single rope climb. I would literally like just walk up to it and like touch it and be like, okay, I attempted, and then <laughs> walk over and do and do my penalty. Like it, it was laughable. And this year I decided everything that was a weakness, I would make my strength. And awesome. so, uh, yeah, I just started focusing hard on rope climbs at the CrossFit gym I was working out at. And uh, yeah. I actually, I, tra- I traveled to uh, uh, a friend of mine, his name is uh, Milo Zamboyana, uh, and he has an OCR shooting facility in Austin. And I went up there and worked out with him a couple times and he taught me a lot of technique and within minutes I got it. Like, and I've never failed it since, no matter if the rope's wet, small, thin, whatever, like I got it. And so, yeah. And so really I'm to a point where like, I love all the obstacles. The one I hate to see is the twister at Spartan Race. <laughs> that um, was my next question. What's your, what's your worst obstacle? That's, that's the one I could do it, but I don't. I don't like the like the small grip. It's it's awkward, and and I know I'm just not good enough at it yet. But uh, I dread coming up to it. That one in in the stupid yeah. Olympus. <laughs> <laughs> those little weird grips are just weird for me right now. They're weird for me right now. 
Yeah. I'll get it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll and that's, it. and that's all part of it. You know, the, the training to overcome the obstacles, you know, that we, that we struggle with. And, um, you know, yeah, I have yeah. no, I have no doubt that you will overcome it. Um, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it sounds, you know, like w- with your dedication to the training for like the rope climb and, and, and stuff like that, you know, it just, <clears throat> it's, it's just one of the things that like, you know, you, you go into and you may not be familiar with, uh, I mean, you're, you're obviously familiar with it because you've tried it before, but I mean, as far as focusing on it and being extra familiar with it, um, you know, that's, yeah. that's one of the couple of things that I had had to deal with some of the other obstacles in, um, my race, um, series. And, and so it was like, you know, I, I didn't really train as hard as I should have, um, and a lot of that is just because I, I have a really hectic schedule and, um, and it's, I really enjoy my sleep. So, um, <laughs> so, so, um, I, I've, I've trained for a, quite a few of the obstacles, um, that I had had trouble with in the past, like a couple of years and some of the, um, some of the other races this year, I had said, okay, um, you know, my, my goal is that I'm, I'm, basically taking this from my brother-in-law um, because he said it and then it kind of stuck with me after he said it and it was like, wow, that's actually a really good idea. But it was like every race I'm going to focus on an obstacle that I have problems with or I, I have challenges on yes. and I'm going to try and, yes. and I'm going to try and do it. And my goal is at least to overcome one obstacle that I have yet to complete um, every race, you know, and then, um, and if I don't, then I, w- I would make that my focus, um, outside of racing to train for. And, um, there were quite a few that I had, um, had really studied, um, and, and really, um, just, I kind of agonized over and was like, man, I, I really want to get these to the next race I go to, um, because I've had trouble with them before and I've only like gotten a very small way through them. And so, uh, this year, like there was a couple obstacles that I still had a lot of trouble with, but then there were some that was like, wow, I, I went into this thinking that I was going to have trouble again, but because of, you know, all the time that I spent training for it and all the time that I spent studying it, you know, actually made, made it so much more, um, attainable. And I think a lot of it for me, yeah. And a lot of it for me, I think was just the, um, the mental prep going into it. Um, you know, you get to the obstacle and there's, you know, you see the obstacle and you're like, okay, I've done, I've tried to do this before. And I remember the last time I did it, this is what happened. And, um, and, and I think what really just kind of put me through some of these was the fact that I was like, okay, I have much, you know, much more knowledge about this obstacle now. Um, and I've, I've, you know, trained for it a little bit. So I have a little bit more confidence. And I think just the, even that little bit of confidence boost, um, really goes a long way in it. So, yeah, I mean, oh, I you know, I, I, like I said, you're completely correct. Okay. Yeah. And, and like I said, you know, I, I feel like, you know, with the dedication that you showed to, you know, the rope climb, you'll have, you'll have that in no time. Especially if, you know, you blaze through things with rings and monkey bars and stuff like that. Yeah. You'll, oh, yeah. you'll have this in no time. <laughs> oh, no. No, and I do. And I and I get the rope. That's, I, maybe I didn't communicate that well. Like, yeah, like I get the rope climb every time. Uh, the oh, okay. same thing happened with me and, uh, and Sawtooth at, at Savage Race. Uh, I had kind of a defeating moment uh, at, 
at Spartan Race earlier this year in April, um, which ironically enough is the race that qualified me for NORAM for the World Championships. And, uh, mm. but I, I'd never ever had, since 2013, I had never accomplished getting a cross sawtooth. And, uh, and it made me feel a little bit better when Sam Abbott had said he had never really done well with it either. And I'm like, well, you're the creator of this. And you <laughs> but, okay. And, uh, but uh, I had ne- I had never could get across it. And I got the furthest I had ever gotten in April. And I got halfway across and I missed the transition from the bottom of it, like up to the top, um, like where it, it goes down and you have to go back up. I just could not pull myself up in that transition and I fell. And so I started working out with Yancey Camp and their grip program and the grip changes. And I bought like a pull-up bar that I have in my doorway that has like uh, an upward bar, not just two bars that are, are horizontal, but it's actually got like an upward movement. And literally from April until this past Savage Race, like a few weeks ago, I worked on that movement up and down, up and down, up and down. And at this past Savage Race that I went to, uh, I think it was like at the like top part of October, uh, November, I'm sorry. Yeah, October, top of October. Um, I just flew through Sawtooth. Like I had done it 600 times. Like I just <laughs> up and down and back up. Like it was literally, I'm like yelling at the photographer. I'm like, take my picture. I'm crying. I'm like, oh my God, like, <laughs> I'm, I'm doing this. And, and I finished and I just completely broke down. Like it was, and people are looking at me like I'm crazy. Like I maybe hurt myself. And I was like, no, you don't understand. Like this is what OCR is all about. Like you put the work in and it's, and it's fun. And you get that oh, yeah. feeling of accomplishment and like you, you, no one can give that to you. Like you just have to work at that. And when you get it, you get it. And you just, it's the best. And it's definitely what makes you keep going back and keep training that much harder. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so not to put you on the spot, I, I like to do this every once in a while, but I like to ask um, racers if, if, if you could create your own obstacle, what would you what would you create and what would it consist of? Oh goodness, uh, rings and monkey bars. Um, <laughs> the, um, ooh, if I could create my own. Um, and see, it's one of those questions now where, like, I think maybe I might send that out in an email prior to. Um, well, that way, like, people have time to think. But <laughs> well, you see, the first thing I thought of, I'm sitting here trying to think of like all my favorite stuff, and I'm like, well, like anything, like I said, with rings and bars. But now, like Savage is bringing that in with the anchors away, yeah. how they have the rings that you're basically going to monkey bar across. Um, oh goodness, if I, I'll think of something between now and the end of this, and I'm going to interject <laughs> and, and let you know. Does it have to be like awesome. like real rigs, or can we like go like like instead of throwing spears at a at a target like it's stagnant, we throw them at like moving things. So that could be. Hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, I have I have a hard enough time throwing it at a stationary object. So, I mean, that would just make it even more challenging. <laughs> exactly, um, it's like a carnival game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
Yeah, and you know, as many times as I've thought about asking this question and the few times that I actually have asked this question, I've never once even thought about the obstacle that I would create my on my own. Like, it's just always been, for me, it's always been something, yeah, I've always been interested in hearing what everybody else has to say. And then, um, uh, but I've never even sat down to even think, hmm, what would I do if I could create my own obstacle? Um, so, yeah, like- you know, there's, it's, it's kind of, um, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, I get so focused in, uh, you know, talking to everyone else that I don't even really stop to answer the questions for myself. So, hmm. I wouldn't hate, I wouldn't hate if they like kind of mixed it up and put something like, like you have to almost like a, like the weighted vest, like you, like heavy carry and some kind of like obstacle. Like we don't have anything that's grip intensive and weight intensive. Like throw all yeah. of it together. Like you gotta strap some chains around your waist or something, and then go across an obstacle. Like oh, yeah. really, te- really test all of that strength and and heavy heavy load bearing. Yeah, that would that, that actually I think would be yeah that would definitely be very interesting. I know that uh, I personally hate the sandbags. Um, that's just me. Um, I but mostly because I. Um, I still have, I had a back injury last year and that I still, every once in a while, I, I kind of like re-aggravate just in, you know, minor way every once in a while. Uh, and so yeah. that, yeah. And so ever since then, like before, I never really had a problem with sandbags, but after my back injury, you know, they say once you injure your back, it's never the same. So I, um, <laughs> I'm definitely feeling that, um, especially with the sandbags. But yeah, <laughs> if there's anything involving sandbags, I'm just cussing it the whole time. Um, uh. But um, but no, I mean like this, um, you know, like we said about the training and stuff um, during this past beast that I um, I participated in. Um, I had actually been working on a lot of my core strength and, and back strength and stuff like that. And um, I really didn't have as hard a time with the sandbags this go around as I did the very first time I had ever done the sandbags after my back injury. And it actually nice. felt really good um, to know that I had, you know, I had picked up the sandbag and dreaded it the entire time. Um, but once I got done with it, I was like, wow, you know, that, that got over so quick. You know, that was even though the distance was a little bit longer than the first time I had done it, um, it was like, wow, you know, this, this was so much easier than the the first time I had done it. It paid off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And now a word from our sponsors. Does your business need first aid, AED, OSHA, flagging, or other safety training? James Safety Services is your one-stop shop. Find them on Facebook today at James Safety Services WA and ask for a quote on hosting your training needs. And we're back. So let's talk about uh, your ultra that you just uh, completed. Uh-huh. You know, what was uh, what was that like? It was it was an adventure. <laughs> I am not a long distance anything. I've run two full marathons, so I've done two. I've done I've run the Chevron Marathon here in Houston twice okay. and that, but now that was in 2014 and 2015 and so it's it's been a while since i've put yeah. big miles uh, under my feet and the the ultra like ironically enough uh after i had my son i had him in december of 2016 and up until october of last year so october 2018 
I did not work out like at all. No, no running, no working out. Um, it just, I just didn't. Like there was really no excuse other than I just wasn't. And so when I decided to start running again in October of 2018, it was right after the Dallas Beast and Ultra Beast uh, here in Texas. And mm-hmm. I got an email that was like, hey, Texas Spartan Racers, if you register for the Ultra Beast right now, it's some stupidly cheap price. I don't remember how much it was. It was less than $200. I remember that. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna start racing again. Like, I feel like this is something I need to do. And so yeah. literally with, with over two years of zero working out, I registered for the Dallas Ultra Beast <laughs> right then and there. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, no, I should probably start working out again. <laughs> And so, um, and I mean, and, and the rest is literally just history. I started running. I signed up for my first OCR and uh, it was Bonefrog in Austin. And of this year, my first OCR back and, and I did like pretty terrible. If I'm good, if I'm not going to lie, I did pretty horrific. Uh, I was slow. I failed everything. It was bad. And, but then I was like, what? I, I I loved it again, and so I was like, I'm just gonna keep going, keep going. And I put in so much training this year for the ultra. Um, I, like I said, I have I've been I started doing CrossFit this year. I have been doing Yancey Camp all year long. I've been going up to Austin to work out with Milo, um, just running on trails here, running on pavement. I've gone down. I've gone down to Grit Fitness down in Lake Jackson and worked out at their obstacle course racing gym. Basically, if there's some kind of training I could do, like from rock climbing to just running around my neighborhood, I've been doing it. And uh, and I'm very pleased with how it all worked out. I went to the ultra feeling really good. Uh, I had run Ragnar, the Ragnar Trail Series, the weekend before. Yeah. And uh, and so I got like those 15 miles under my belt. Uh, over those couple of days. And I went into the ultra feeling pretty confident um, with this whole mindset of, I'm just going to finish. Like I was running the open wave. I wasn't, I wasn't running age group because I didn't even know age group stuff existed when I registered for this in 2018, because it had been two and a half years since I'd, I'd, I had even touched running or racing. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know all this stuff existed. And, uh, and so I was running the open wave. I was like, this is like the, the period of my sentence. Like, this is just going to be the big culmination of all this strength and speed and endurance and all this training that I've just been, that's been compounding over the last year. It's all going to come to fruition here in Dallas. And uh, I got some really good advice from a really good friend of mine. Uh, his name's Paul Ryan. And uh, I was talking to him before the race. And he said the number one thing, and he has done three ultras and he said the biggest advice i can give you is run your race he's like there's going to be a lot of people you're going to you're going to know and you're going to meet and don't feel like you have to be dedicated to them like when you run just if you feel like running ahead run ahead if you feel like slowing down slow down like but run your race don't this it's a long way 30 miles is is far (laughs) and and just and you just have to go and so I was like, okay, I, I can do that. And so I ran my first lap and uh, I felt pretty good throughout most of it. There were some horrific inclines that would zap, 
the happiness out of anybody. But I had run Noram this this summer, running up mountains in Vermont, and like I'm in Texas, the the highest elevation gain I get on a daily run is three feet. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's laughable the the elevation gain oh, yeah. that I, I get on a on a regular run here. Like I can't train for elevation unless I'm on a treadmill, and my treadmill only goes up to ten percent, and so. I, it's, it's a, it's a lose lose when it comes to elevation and me. And, oh, yeah. uh, but, but I mean, I was, I was going through obstacles. Well, I had a completely clean first lap, everything I got. And, uh, and it was, I was feeling on fire. Like, like I told you, like I start off feeling like I'm a hundred years old, but by the time that first lap was over, I was like, wow, like I ran into transition feeling so good. And, uh, and it was just so neat. Uh, and, and then probably one of my favorite parts about the first lap was I never get to see the elites run because usually no. I run age group for my, for my other races. And so you get to mm-hmm. see the elites take off, but you don't ever get to see them race. And like, so the ultras all left, but then about an hour later, 30 minutes to an hour later, they let the elites go of the, the regular beast lap. And so obviously they're just flying, but Oh, you yeah. never realize how, how fast they're flying until they go past you. <laughs> and, and I mean, you, I got to see like the elite men and some of the elite women like cross these obstacles. And that's just, if you want to talk about some motivation, like watching them go through everything and like just the, oh, yeah. the grace and the confidence that they have is, is so neat. And so that got me fired up too, like to watch them. And, uh, you know, like Spartan Elite, uh, Alexandra Walker, like she, she's like, she's hometown, like pretty much like, and like to watch her go by and like just really cool stuff. And, uh, and so I'm running along my first lap and like I felt pretty good overall when I got to transition, my feet were feeling good. Uh, the water was really cold and they put us through water a couple of times and, uh, and I was not ready for it. There's a double sandbag carry in that ultra loop and I don't know how much weight the guys had to carry on that double sandbag carry, but my two bags were maybe like 35 pounds a piece, which is fine. <laughs> That's about how much my son weighs. And so I just plopped both of those bags up on my hips and just walked with it. Like I'm, yeah. I carry him around all the time, but every like male that I pass, like passed are just, they're just sitting there with these bags on the ground. Like it was reminiscent of like, old school Spartan, like norm courses where you're just in complete dis- defeat mode. Yeah. And, uh, and so, but the fact that I was like going through that as confidently as I was about a little bit more than midway through that first lap really put like some extra pep in my step. And, uh, but then the last half of the, the first loop was super flat. It was just, it was a runner's course and I run, it's my happy place. And so I just took off and got to transition. Uh, everybody got a good laugh out of me because I had a box of already pre-cooked bacon and two jelly donuts <laughs> in my transition bin, um, which was pretty awesome. And they're like, you have bacon. And I was like, yes, I do. And would you like some? And so I shared my bacon with some people. I changed my socks because they were all wet. And uh, I ate my donuts, um, which was not near as stellar as the people next to me 
that they, it was a, a man and a woman and one of their bins had their equipment and like their, their gear and their food in it and their other bucket they were using as a cooler and they had like white claws in there and they were just sitting there like having <laughs> a drink. Like they were having a good old time. And I was like, wow, oh, this yeah. is amazing. But uh, I got into transition. Uh, a good friend of mine, Daniel, walked up to me and he's just like, okay, he's like, sit on your bucket, take a little bit of a break, change your socks, but then you have to go. He's like, you cannot hang out here. Like, you just have to go. And I was like, all right. So shoved my pockets full of my little, like, energy chews, which I didn't think I would need. I don't usually run with, like, hydration packs or any type of, like, energy chews. I don't train with those. Yeah. And, uh, and so I don't ever carry them with me. But I wanted to make sure I took something with me on that second loop because I've never run any further than 26 miles. Like, I didn't yeah. know what to expect. And, uh, and so I'm glad I did. I actually ended up using one of the packs of the little energy jelly bean. But my second loop was exponentially better than my first loop. Like, I don't know if I was just, I was warmed up or if my adrenaline kicked in. And I knew that not only was, like, I'm, I was going to finish this, but I was going to do decently well. Uh, yeah. Like, I was, I ran pretty, I ran pretty much the entire second loop. Um, I, I, I fell off of, the twister, go figure, and uh, on my second loop. So I did, I did not, I did not achieve that one. I did not have a perfectly clean race. But uh, the probably the coolest part about the ultra, besides like my own personal like feeling good and feeling successful, um, I've never been part of like a group that was shown like as much respect as the ultras were shown there. And this is the only one I've ever done. So I don't know if this is normal. From what I understand, it, it it's pretty normal. But, like, the people there that were running the beat, when, when I would run past them, like, all you could hear, it was literally like running, like, the last two miles of a marathon for, for 14 miles. They're like, good job, Ultra. Go, Ultra. Like, you're doing awesome. Like, so much, like, cheering. And I would approach an obstacle, and it was like the Red Sea was parting. Like, they were like, come on, come on, come on, come on, go do it. Like, moving out of my way, like, like putting me up on the, because, like, we're on, we're, we were on a, a time crunch. And, yeah. and they weren't, like, as much as we were. And just, like, I got so many high fives and so many, like, pats on the back. And, I mean, if that's not enough to keep you going, then, then and I don't know what is. And it oh, was yeah. just, it was so cool. And, like, um. Like, I came up on, I got to see Operation Enduring Warrior uh, go over the new Spartan obstacle, the, um, the stairway to Sparta. It's, like, really tall. It's got, uh, it's like, this gigantic, like, 10-foot A-frame that has some rock climbing holds on it. And I love to see Operation Enduring Warrior out on course, like, and watch them, like, and their teamwork go over obstacles. And I've seen them. And, and, like, the respect that's shown similar, that, like, just that, that excitement and, uh, and people telling me that I'm crazy, like, the whole thing, <laughs> um, is, it was just really, really something special. Like, and I, I, I can't describe it other than you, you had to do it. If anybody would have told me that that would happen, I'd have been like, oh, wow, that's really cool. But uh, to experience it is completely different. And, oh, and yeah. yeah, and I mean... Like I said, my second lap was, was faster than my first. Um, and it might have been that I already knew the course. 
I had already done it once, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I had, I had a great time. It was not a good enough time to convince me to do another one. Uh, I had zero, <laughs> I had zero uh, plans of doing another ultra. Uh, that's a long way. <laughs> it's a, it's a, yeah. It's a lot of time. It took me nine hours and 40 minutes to do. And, uh, which is pretty good. I ended up actually getting first place in my age group uh, in the open wave, which uh, which is cool. I yeah. don't mind that, but but that's far. It, it ended up being almost exactly 32 miles, and and I just don't have any desire to do that. I know lots of people that love to run really far. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I don't. Miles. I don't understand what. Yeah, I don't understand what makes ultra runners, um, like ultra marathon runners and all that kind of, I don't even know what makes them think, or like what makes them tick. And they're just, they're psycho for even wanting to do that. Um, yeah. You know, um, we've, um, my, uh, my brother-in-law, Don, um, and uh, his best friend, Mike, well, I could just say my friend, Mike, um, we run a lot of our races together um, and, we're we're kind of like the tortoise crew. We're we're you know we're bringing up the rear and um, we're almost you know we're almost like the sweepers of the course. Um, but you know a lot of the time we're out there just kind of having fun and um, you know doing it basically at like what everybody you know everybody says is party pace. And um, so here lately we've been talking about actually um, and we've we've done it the last couple of races where we've actually picked up and. Um, tried to be a little bit faster than what we normally are. And Don and I, I know mm-hmm. um, at, at times I feel bad for Mike because there's been times where Don and I just, okay, cool. We're going to go ahead. And then we just take off and, um, yep. you know, and so um, there's, you know, I mean, there's a part of a part of it that, like you said, uh, or, you know, you, you have to run your own race. And um, as much as I like having the camaraderie and stuff like that, there's times where I do need it to pull myself through. Um, and then there's times where I'm just like, okay, I'm going to go off on my own now. And, um, yep. and then I find my, you know, and I find myself kind of in this weird little, like um, just happy place. It's, it's very content to me. Um, and um, I know that, the like you had had talked about with uh, like your second lap of the ultra, um, whether it was like you know because you had known the course now or anything like that. I know that um, a lot of the um, Spartan races that we have up here in Seattle they're held at the same venue, and so I know a lot of the terrain and I know a lot of what to expect, and that's yep. actually made I I think that's made me feel more confident about some of these races. Um, and, you know, I go through, I know that, okay, the paths, you know, the, I looked at the race map and it's going to go over here to this big field where it's got all these little, um, it goes through like a, a thing where it's just a bunch of like little ups and downs and ups and downs. And I mean, it's, um, it's hell on your ankles and, you know, especially if you <laughs> make a couple, <laughs> a couple missteps, you know, and it's like, Oh my gosh. Um, but, um, I know what to expect. And, um, you know, they, they usually have the dunk wall and the slip wall, um, right after, um, the, like a big jaunt through like this hillside forest and all that. Um, the one thing that I didn't expect this year was, um, so many, um, inclines and so many hills and my, um, 
my incline training is just horrible. Like, you know, like you said, you know, you get like three foot of elevation gain. Um, and I understand that completely because I actually used to live in um, southwest Oklahoma. Um, for I lived there for probably a good, I don't know, maybe 15, almost 17 years. And um, it, it's completely flat. And a lot of people, um, it's kind of weird, like um, people don't understand how you could live in some place that's like completely flat and not have hills. Um, and I always, I always compare it to eastern Washington, but just make it flat because eastern Washington is like a bunch of just dead grass and trees. And um, I always tell them, yeah, it's just like eastern Washington, but you just make it completely flat, and that's that's where I lived. <laughs> and so being being there, you know, being there, I wasn't used to any elevation and stuff like that. I mean, it's not like I was doing races or training or anything, um, but I definitely did notice um, when I started, you know, hiking places. Um, I went on a hike, geez, I don't know, probably five five years ago. I think this is when I really noticed how much I was – um, I guess you could say it's spoiled, but really in a way I wasn't, it was kind of like a detriment to my hiking, but, um, not living in an area with any elevation, you know, you, you really don't experience it. So I went on a hike one time at, um, this place called Multnomah Falls down in Oregon. And like, I got to like the, I don't know, I guess like the, the height of this trail, like the, the peak height of this trail. And I was just bushed like by the time, um, I mean, because it's it's just super steep, just back and forth. So it kind of just goes up this hillside, and you're just mm-hmm. you know moving from left left to right up this hillside, you know. And and I got up to the top. I was like, man, this was spectacular. The view of the gorge up there is just gorgeous. Um, forgive the pun, gorge and gorgeous, but it's it's just amazing. And then you don't even at that point you don't even think about how bad your legs feel. And when I started actually descending, um, <laughs> I could I could feel my legs just shaking, and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to yep. be able to like even walk all the way down this. And I hadn't felt that in a long time. Um, but when we just did this past um, beast in Seattle, there was so much incline and so much um, hill work to do that I I was like, oh my gosh, I. I never want to do another incline thing ever again. Um, and even, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, and what's, what's funny is too, is you'll like it here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, what's funny is, is that, uh, you know, the, the beast that we were doing actually, as far as incline and hills and stuff like that, um, I've never been to any of the other, um, like out, out of state race locations or anything like that. But a lot of people tell me that, um, the hills and stuff that we had this year at Seattle pale in comparison to, um, like Tahoe or, um, um, the Montana beast that, um, we have a group that goes every year, um, to do the Montana beast. And they're like, oh yeah, that's nothing compared to these places. And I'm like, oh, remind me never to sign up for those. Um, um I, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and it's it's definitely uh, something that I definitely have to train in. So, um, but I, you know, and I look forward to it. And I, but like I said, you know, I I know the terrain and I know what to expect. And and for me, I know that kind of helps me get through some of it. Um, but um, you know, there's there's parts of it too that. Uh, go ahead. I said, oh no, like you you try to to somewhat prepare your brain for it, but you just can't there. Yeah. Yeah. 
and you know, and it's, it's kind of cool. Like, um, even though I know the terrain, I know that they're going to change it up in ways that we hadn't seen it before. And, um, this year we had, oh man, it was like, uh, the, the bucket brigade, I don't think was as hard as, um, we had a, a super in Seattle earlier the, this year, it was in April, I think. And, um, though I remember the bucket brigade being much tougher on that one, um, just, you know, we had to go downhill and then turn around and go right back up the hill, downhill, turn around and go right back up the hill, downhill, and then make this big loop and then come back uphill to where we started. And I remember it was just like, oh, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous. Um, and uh, I remember that they had it in a specific spot. So when we got to it, this um, this previous race, uh, I was like, okay, I know we're coming up on it because of the spot they always put it at. And, um, so it kind of gave me some time to, you know, prep my mind and get myself in the right mindset. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and I can definitely, for me, I know that that would be a, a, a really big confidence factor in being familiar with the course and, and stuff like that. Um, and so, um, that being said, I know that, um, in 2020, um, you know, I, my, my goal basically is to participate in some endurance events. And I know that, um, Don and Mike, they're, they're shooting for, I think an ultra in, I think in 2020 or 2021, but they want to do an ultra. And I'm like, you guys are just psycho. Um, but you know, the thing <laughs> is, is it, they, they usually sign up for things and I usually Let's end up just, do it. Yeah. Yeah. I end up just, you know, peer pressuring into it. And, you know, um, a lot of times I find myself in races, um, and I wonder how I got to that point. Like, how did I get to this point? And it all comes back to like just one crazy decision. Like, okay, it's that like spur of the moment, click of the mouse, like, okay, I'm signing up for this. I don't care how crazy it is. And it just takes that one sperm, you know, spur moment of crazy. Yep. And, uh, so, um, just do it, but yeah, exactly. And, and that's, I figure that's how I end up at a lot of these is I'm just like, okay, just sign up for it and do it. Yep. And now a word from our sponsors. Do you like challenges that are fun, tough, and might use tacos? Head on over to beastchallenge.com and check out our upcoming events, including beasts, 5k plus a combination of race and endurance event and the bucket mile. Keep an eye on the Beast OCR Facebook group for event gatherings. For more information, head on over to BeastChallenge.com and the Beast's OCR Facebook group. You'll be glad you did. And we're back. So do you have um, do you have any shout-outs or anything like that you'd like to put out over the uh, over the podcast? Project some names and stuff like that as, as we've gone along. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, hands down, I... My training that I've had, like, I would be nowhere first and foremost without Yancey Camp. Uh, I got in touch with Yancey in in Texas. And, I mean, his online training and his running clinics have completely changed the game as far as as my ability to, to be a racer and to be confident and to really just continuously love the sport. Um, I, I can't suggest him enough and thank him enough. Uh, but Yancey, um, definitely uh, Milo's obstacle fitness here in Texas. I mean, I know a lot of like people are going to be in other states like, well, I can't go to Milo's place. He's in Austin. Um, 
but if you're ever in Texas, you should definitely check out what Milo has to offer. Uh, he's taught tons of good technique, and he's got a lot of great videos online. Um, my my Tough Mudder gym downtown is like they they might be the root of my craziness now. Like being surrounded <laughs> by people constantly that love to do OCR and love to train for it is that's that's addicting like that's like constantly just having your kool-aid cup refilled like forget the whole just like taste in the kool-aid like that this is like the cool factory that i work at downtown and uh and i just love all of them (laughs) i mean i have i have so much support here like i have i have amazing family uh my husband takes care of the house and like, like supports me and uh and does an amazing job doing things while I'm out of town, pursuing all of these crazy ventures that I do. And uh, I don't know, I I am I'm so thankful that I'm able to to do this and have so much, so many people that that believe in me and put time into me. And I mean, everybody. Like, I run in a running group here in Texas called Lone Star Spartans. And there's about 6,000 of us on our Facebook page. Wow. And I'm, oh, there's, it's a big group. And now I don't know all 6,000 of them personally, but I know a lot of them. I've been running with this crew for a long time. And I mean, they are, it's, it's just, it's a big family. And every time we go to races, we're the big team. And we have the team tent and every, it's, it's everything. This is everything an expensive hobby should be. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's just, it's just phenomenal. I, it, it feels so good to be back in it after being gone out of it. Yeah, and that's awesome. Yeah, and and you know, I, um, I was never like, I, I haven't really taken a big break from it. Um, I know this next year is really going to be tough for my race calendar, um, just because of the way my work schedule is panning out. Um, I won't have weekends off. And so um, I really don't want to give up um, a lot of my paid time off to because um, I don't really have that much. It's not that I have um, like a huge like supply of it, but um, it is limited. And so I really am going to be super selective about the ones, you know, about the races that I do next year. Um, and so it's going to make it tougher for me to, you know, get out and do races. Um so I feel like this next year is probably going to be like my, my quote unquote off year. Um, uh, so, yeah. um, but you know, in the future, I definitely, you know, want to get out and do lots more races. I know that we've talked about doing some local, um, some more local OCRs and, um, we've even talked about, you know, traveling up to Canada to do a couple. Um, they've got a really interesting one up there that we want to do, um, X warrior, um, and they do like multi yeah they do like multi the like the big multi-lap ultras and stuff like that so um and uh we've got to yeah i definitely definitely want to want to try that mainly for me i think it's um i get locked in the just the, the environment the the overall scenery of everything and to me that's um something that i really want to you know, experience is going up to Canada for the first time. I've never actually been to Canada before as close as I live to it. And as long as I've lived up here, I've never been to Canada. Um, Are so, you serious? Um, yeah, never been. I've uh, got, you know, I've got my oh. passport and everything. And I even got my passport specifically for going to Canada. 
and um, I've just never been. So, Seattle's literally it's my number one favorite city in the entire country. Um, I absolutely love it up there. And you're really yeah, really close I, to Canada. <laughs> yeah, I I love the scenery of everything up here. I'm really not a city yeah. person. Um, you know, growing up in in mostly living in Southwest Oklahoma, I became kind of a small town guy. And that's okay. just been my mentality. So any, you know, anytime I visit a city, that's great. Um, I lived when I first moved up to Washington, I lived, um, I lived in downtown Tacoma for a year. And after a year, I was like, okay, this is enough. I have to move somewhere else. I have to move out <laughs> to the sticks somewhere because I, I'm just not, um, I couldn't wrap my mind around the, um, all the noise. I lived literally, I lived, um, adjacent to, um, a major hospital, Tacoma, uh, general. And so I live right across the street essentially from that. And so, um, we'd always, I'd always hear, you know, uh, ambulances coming by in the middle of the night and helicopters, you know, landing on top of the hospital. And it's like, you know, all the street noise and traffic. And it's like, um, while this is a, like a decent experience, I don't think city living is for me. So I think I go to Seattle maybe like a couple of times a year. And every time I think, okay, this is going to be a lot of fun. And most of the time it is, but then there's like the random, you know, occasion where I just have a horrible time in the city because I'm, I'm not used to that environment. And then I think it gets easier every, um, every time I go, but, um, I'm kind of torn between, um, Seattle and Dallas because I have a lot of good memories in Dallas. Um, my, my grandmother lives in Dallas and I've been to Dallas. I don't know how many times, um, okay. just to, you know, just to go out and have fun and stuff like that. I'm kind of torn between the two. Those are like the two big main cities that I've, you know, really, um, been to a lot. And, um, I just, I think the reason I, I, I kind of put Dallas up there too, is because I'm just so familiar with it. And I, I know a lot about it. Um, and I'm starting to kind of feel that way about Seattle since I've lived up here for a while and I've been there a handful of times and, but yeah, it definitely is an awesome place. And, um, I, I look forward to, um, you know, maybe going up to Canada and experiencing Vancouver or like some of the other, um, you know, bigger areas up there, um, traveling through their, their countryside, um, from what I hear is absolutely amazing. Um, I love to stop and take pictures. Yeah. I, 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 that's what I hear and I can't wait to see it in person. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. For sure. That sounds awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I mean, you know, we've, we've been on here roughly an hour. Um, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, the, you're what two? Uh, yeah, you're two hours ahead because you're in the, still in the same time zone as my parents, because um, they they still live in Southwest Oklahoma. Um, and uh, okay, yeah, it's, yeah, about eight twenty at your time. It is, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, yeah, still, um, we will go hot. ahead and go ahead. Oh yeah, uh, it's still hot. It's still hot. Yeah. Oh yeah. I um, you know, to to kind of sidebar on that, I I visited my parents. Um, Geez, I think it was, was it last year? I don't even remember. Like, I don't remember what I did last week. Um, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I think I visited my parents last year and, um, 
And when I went down there, like the, the temperature difference to like, I, I had known it was going to be hot and I, but I had basically forgotten about, you know, the, the humidity factor that, and how much that plays and into it. And I stepped off the plane and I was just miserable. I was like, Oh God, why did I do this? Like yes. it was that same, yeah, it was that same, like, you know, long race mentality. Like, God, why did I come down here? Why did I, why did I pay for a ticket to come to this place? But, you know, it, it's the, you know, acclimation and all that, you know, you get used to it. And But I'm not a heat guy. I really don't like heat. So right? I only stay in that region long enough to visit. And then I'm right back up here to my nice cold weather. And then right back up there. Yep, exactly. Yep, yep. And uh, I know with the whole traveling thing, and I've been trying to get my dad. My dad's, um, he's, I mean, he's athletic and whatnot, but he, uh, I've been trying to get him to do one of these races with me. And sadly, we don't live in, you know, since we don't live in the same area, it's really hard to arrange travel and get time off for, you know, making all the accommodations and stuff, especially for a race. And I've even thought about going down to, um, to Dallas or any of the other places there in Texas, um, to, to do a race and just have my dad do one with me, just, you know, just for the, the father son bonding time. And, and, um, well, yeah. so, you know, maybe one of these, maybe one of these years, um, you know, I'll, I'll get down there and, you know, we can actually meet in person and that would be a lot of fun. Well, Dallas holds pretty much all of the races here. I mean, I feel like I live in Dallas half the year because I mean, I was just up there for I was just up there for Spartan Race. I was up there for Savage Race, and now I'm going up there next weekend for Bone Frog. And I mean, there's every OCR in the in the world there, and they're there twice, yeah. twice a year. And so, yeah, just come on, I'll be there. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Well, um, I think at this point, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. So, you know, like I said, it's been, it's been an awesome, you know, awesome interview. It's been, you know, I've actually really had a lot of fun this past hour. I didn't expect it to go an hour. Um, I mean, I know that's usually kind of like, um, not that, not that I, you know, not that I look at it like that. It's just, I know that sometimes it's really hard to squeeze, um, you know, OCR topics, you know, you know, it's like squeezing them dry, basically. And you talk about things like this for an hour and you're like, man, how can I you go into it? How can I make this an hour long? Um, right, right. So, but you know, I mean, well, there's, cool. cause yeah. there are times where you meet the right, you know, you meet the right person and they, you know, they, they talk your ear off or, and you could go, I've had, I've had interviews go, you know, way over an hour, like, okay, um, I'm going to wrap this one up. And, uh, you know, and then I've had some other ones, you know, on the other end, I, where I've had like maybe 20 minutes. And so those are the, those are the real challenging ones for me. Um, because then I have to, you know, fill out this extra time with other things. And so, but yeah, I mean, this well, is, totally this is actually been a lot of fun. Excellent. I really enjoyed it. Awesome. This has been cool. Thank you. Awesome. Yes, of course you are welcome. And thank you so much for, for taking time out of your day to, to be on the podcast. No problem. I appreciate it. Awesome. Well, have yourself a good night and we shall talk again in the future. Thanks so much. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. Thanks for listening to the BeastNet podcast. If you haven't done it yet, find us on Facebook. Like and share the podcast. Give us a review on iTunes or Spotify. All these things will help to expand the show in the future. This show is brought to you by James Safety Services in partnership with Beast OCR. 
Don't forget to subscribe and let us know what you think and what you like to hear. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or at beastocr.com.